This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good evening. You're with Lynn and Sharmila. And first up, what can we learn from South Korea when it comes to improving the Malaysian film industry? I just want to get this out of the way uh, uh, right at the top of the show. I love saying the word or the phrase Hallyu Wave. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. It's a great phrase. We're going to be hearing it a lot today, I reckon. Um, so this comes from um, a remark that Datin Sophia Jane said, where um, essentially she talked about how there have been many changes to the local film industry over the years, but not all of, not all of them have been good or welcome. And in this, uh, in this, in in making these remarks, she spoke about the days when the premiere of films um, brought not just industry players but also enthusiasts, and talked about. How how we should be looking at South Korea as a model uh, for the heights that we could be achieving. Because um, look at how long it took them to get where they are. Look at the levels they are at now. Um, and this was essentially happening at a forum where they were discussing local cinema, um, including Mat Kilau. And um, I think she was making a call for us to imitate some of the things that South Korea has been doing. Yes, um, and saying that eventually our entertainment industry could become the country's major earner, improve its reputation. She also went on to say that elevating the Malaysian film industry to become an international success is achievable, but would of course require everyone to care about it, including relevant ministries. Now, there are a few ways to look at this, right? Because South Korea's film industry is not monolithic. Um, The entertainment industry is not monolithic. You have your K-dramas, which are definitely part of the Hollywood wave, definitely something that we're seeing get huge amounts of attention and eyeballs. But on the flip side of that, you also have the darker stuff. There's K-horror, there's K-zombies, as we know. Um, And of course, there are Academy Award winners as well, because we all remember the surprise win. I I remember being ecstatic at this, actually, in 2019 of Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, that ultimately won, well, the Academy Award for Best Picture, but also the Palme d'Or that year. And in response, the Communications and Multimedia Minister at the time, Datuk Sri Saifuddin Abdullah, had tasked Finas with a roadmap dubbed Project Oscar or Road to Oscars for local films to win an Academy Award in 20 to 30 years. More on that later. I think uh, we, we probably need to assess actually where we are in that. So... I think that's the thing, right? It's all well and good to put out a roadmap or to say, oh, we want to hit the Oscars at some point. But these things don't just happen in isolation. There's been so much made of the efforts. And and South Korea is actually really a great example of the concerted efforts made by South Korea to get their entertainment out there, um, to make films, as you said, not just for a particular audience, but for multiple types of audiences. Um, And one of those are the Oscars, of course, but there are also multiple other things. And maybe where Malaysia, I think, struggles, of course, size-wise, economy-wise, we're very different. I think we have so many different restrictions here. Um, You know, ask anyone, censorship will come up, ask anyone, funding will come up, that we are not even at that point where we can think about doing a Malaysian superhero film and a Malaysian zombie film, as well as a Malaysian Oscar-winning film. That, and if I may, I think sometimes we also don't necessarily think about the full potential of our films and and what Mm. they could in fact be. Because in order for you to imagine a a parasite, um, firstly, of course, these restrictions that you're talking about can't necessarily be there. If we're continuously tiptoeing 
Parasite does a lot of things. It does not tiptoe. So if we're constantly tiptoeing around issues, if we're constantly trying to say things without saying them, then it is always going to be, I think, a little bit difficult in telling stories that you imagine would be Oscar-winning movies. So that's one thing. But the other thing is also, I sometimes feel and fear that we don't think of our soft power enough, that we have a tendency to think of Malaysia and what she offers in very hard and fast terms. It's like, well, the food and nature and, you know, <laughs> these sorts of very quantifiable things, uh, but not necessarily the the kinds of um, considerations that you would ordinarily make if you're thinking about soft power, right? In when you're thinking about the different ways in which you can communicate Malaysian-ness or Malaysian quality and qualities in the form of art, which is what this is, right? Where we're talking about film as if it's uh, an industry, and it is, but it is also an art form. And, and perhaps we don't often, or rather, perhaps sadly, it's treated the way many other art forms are in our country. Yes, and I was also thinking about the kind of conversations we've had when, when Jagat was up for uh, the local awards and a lot of conversation about whether it is in fact in the right language, for instance. Um, and again, these are some of the roadblocks that we face because also our own film industry is so fragmented, um, not just actually between the different languages, but even between your mainstream releases and your independent cinema, um, that we collectively in Malaysia don't even necessarily know or support Malaysian cinema in the same way, let alone what are we going to export. So, all of which to say, this comparison between Malaysia's film industry and South Korea's, what would it take for our film industry to be world class? What do you want to see? Call us double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp and also drop us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we will be speaking with Dr. Gek Cheng Koo, associate professor at the School of Media, Languages and Cultures in the University of Nottingham. So keep it here on the evening edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from monotony, BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we are talking today about what it would take for the Malaysian film industry to be world class. Because uh, this was something that was put forward at a forum recently with Datin Sofia Jane and Datuk Rosham No, both saying that our industry could look to South Korea's creative industry as a way to improve, as, as a way that we could be dreaming big, I suppose. And we've been asking you, Basically, what do you think it would take for our film industry to be world-class? What do you want to see? You can call 7733-2900, WhatsApp, or drop us a voice note, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now on this is Dr. Gek Cheng Koo, Associate Professor at the School of Media, Languages and Cultures at the University of Nottingham. Dr. Gek, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for, thanks for inviting me. So let's start by unpacking the state of our local film industry. Where do we stand right now and uh, what progress have we made? Um, well, I just did a, an interview. I just did some interviews not too long ago, this uh, a few last month, with about 20 filmmakers. Um, and we have not gone very far, actually, in the last 20 years. I interviewed people who were from that generation who started making films, people like Amir Mohammed, um, Liu Seng-Tat, uh, Wu Ming-Jin, Edmund Yeo. So we haven't gone very far. And by that, they uh, were looking at the same kinds of limitations that held us back uh, are still there. There are baby steps, but but not enough um, to get us where we are. And if there have been 
some um, progress and successes, they are not persist. They're not consistent, uh, and that's the thing that we should be worried about. So, if we're looking at that twenty, thirty years to get a Malaysian film into the Oscars, haha. Um, we can't just be pushing at one or two films each year. We have to be pulling the whole industry forward. Um, so we can't be working, you know, for one or two films. We can't be dis- uh, distinguishing or differentiating one film, you know, uh, and contrasting, for example, Barbarian Invasion by Tan Mui against uh, Private Sapu and saying that one represents us more than the other, you know, like, I think the issue of representation uh, can be quite subjective. So it's it's these things like that that we have to be wary of uh, that also suggest to us that maybe we have not come far enough quite yet. So when we talk about what's holding us back, um, you know, it is a complicated question. A number of things come up a lot. Uh, funding, support, censorship. What would you say is the biggest issue? Um, these three things kind of work together, you know. Um, there's, there's funding, and uh, in and I work mostly on indie filmmakers. So indie filmmakers will find funding here and there, and they will try and uh, cater their budgets to their ambitions, let's say. Uh, but that support um, needs to be there. It can't just be emotion. You know, it can't just be oh yeah, I'm going to support you, and not have the funding there. Um, partly the state could do with more funding support and actually there have been cuts uh, as well uh, that you know that maybe there shouldn't be cuts maybe there should be more ways to support um, filmmakers so so they are interrelated censorship is an issue uh, because it's maybe a third issue it's not the only issue but when you look at filmmakers they're not they don't say that these are the three main things a lot of times they also talk about the mindset you know how many how many viewers how many malaysians will go watch a local film how many local films do you guys uh, review you know on your show <laughs> right so so they need to get the support of local audiences. Um, they need to get the support of the government that isn't just going to say, okay, we have this wajib tayang, we have this compulsory screening, and then let the exhibitors find ways and loopholes to get around it. You know, so, so there has to be a more concentrated effort where they stem loopholes, where they do much more, um, and put put their money where, you know, their mouth is. Yeah. I would like to take us back to the Oscars haha moment <laughs> from five minutes ago because uh, in 2020, the Communications and Multimedia, Multimedia Minister at the time, Datuk Sri Saifuddin Abdullah, had tasked Finas with a roadmap called Road to Oscars uh, with the idea that local films would, as you alluded to, win in the Academy Awards in 20 to 30 years, hopefully. So... I guess the main question is, is this something that you do see happening for us and how far along are we on this path? I think we're taking baby steps. So, for example, one of the good things that we're starting to do is um, that Finas has run um, a My Lab. So it's like a Malaysian lab. It's a program to to kind of um, support and help New people with a script uh, to try and develop their script better. Because if you look at the journey of a film to get to the Oscars, 
oftentimes it's a film that has been in the works for a long time because they've been trying to get grants here and there. And each time you get a grant, the grant will help you improve on your film script um, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's a long journey. It's not like, you know, I'm a genius. I, I spent two hours writing the script. Voila, it's done and it's going to get an Oscar uh, award. It, it's not that easy. So I think the My Lab is the first uh, step. Because what it does is, you know, you, you, you give, um, you kind of mentor eight strong scripts or five strong scripts. I can't remember how many, um, that, that got selected. And then you help them along the way. You get local expertise as well as Southeast, um, Asian expertise to come and help people develop the, the script as they go along. And these, these sides are very important because I think that mentoring, process um, is really good and and the filmmakers get a lot out of that because in the past the other ones, the, the older ones if you like, the more experienced ones have gone to these uh, film labs uh, that are run by foreign film festivals, you know, so one of the other things that we could do we could also have film festivals um, that aren't just, you know, about sensation and having big stars, but that actually have experts in it that actually try and get local people to go to it. For example, in the Philippines, they have one day, they have like a whole week around Christmas week where they block off um, all, they block off the cinemas only for local films, right? So no Hollywood films, no foreign films for that one week. Um, so local films then get a chance uh, to, to be seen, you know? So the, those are kinds of the little things that we could do. Uh, in the, in the Philippines, they have the Cinemalaya Film Festival, which is an independent film festival. And what they do is they give, um, they, they have a competition where they award grants, uh, production grants. They're not large, but they're, um, they're enough for people to make their films, right? Um, and they do this every year, you know, every year. So if one year you can get like five, you know, you, you make eight films, Maybe out of the eight, you might get one or two gems, right? And so every year you would have this. Um, and these films then get selected um, to go to film festivals outside of uh, Philippines, outside of, of the region. You know, so you need to build a reputation. You can't just say, I'm going to send this one film. Every year I'll just send one film. We'll just have one film to survive. It's That's not the way to do it. It's a whole system of support that you need to do. So, I need to build up. Mm. So Datin Sophia Jane as well as Dathot Rosham Noor have both spoken about elevating our local film industry and they specifically mentioned reaching the same level of success as South Korea. What makes South Korea such a distinct benchmark for films and pop culture? Well, don't forget they've also spent 20 years to get where they are, right? So it's, um, it's a combination of soft, uh, using their soft power um, and you know, in the 90s, they actually had a quota system that meant that, you know, that, that limited foreign films. So in the 90s, their local films were, were domestic hits because local people went to watch their films and supported their films. And because local people went to watch their films, they could then you know, have the money to make more films. And the, I guess the, the combination of success has to do with them following a kind of American model. Uh, you know, of the American blockbuster, but of course with some Korean cultural elements in it. 
Um, now, it took 20 years to get from Shiri, which came out in 1999, which was a kind of a blockbuster, to Parasite in, in you know, to, 2019. So imagine, I mean, that's four election cycles, yeah. In Malaysia, we only move, we only make um, policies that go from one election cycle to the next. Uh, never mind, you know, if we have a coup here and there, that means then that those policies keep changing. And so we need to be consistent. If we want to aim um, to get Malaysian films on the international circuit and in the international um, attention, and not just in, you know, one or two film festivals, every few years we, we get a film that goes out there. Um, but then we don't really hear about it and we don't go watch it when it actually uh, comes to the cinemas, if it comes to the cinemas. We really need uh, to make policies that are consistent. You know, so if we're going to talk about 20 years, then we do 20 years. We can't have, you know, a new government in place and then we switch. So this is what the Korean government did. You know, they put the money there and they supported it. And they don't just have blockbusters. They also had independent art films. You know, so those two things uh, went hand in hand. Um, and this is what Korean uh, films were all about. You know, not just your commercial films, but also the independent films. So I have a thought about that because um, I do think that within for for there to truly be a thriving kind of film setup, and especially considering this issue of the audience that you were talking about, that blend of blockbuster and art house is kind of important. Um, I think with Korean films also, there's a very specific look at uh, issues of wealth inequality. It's not just Parasite; like a lot of them do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a constant theme. I guess my question is with our with our concerns around content, with our lack of funding, um, how do we emulate that where we have, where we're able to simultaneously have a blockbuster and have a parasite type film? Well, actually, we have had some of those. I mean, they're not blockbusters because local, pe- local people don't realize how, how um, good they are, right? I mean, you have films like uh, One to Jaga, Crossroads One to Jaga, and that's playing on Netflix. Um, they are, um, you have. Uh, Dukun, Interchange, uh, Bunohan. You know, Bunohan is a critical, critically acclaimed film, but not enough people went to watch it, right? So I think that one of the things that the filmmakers point out is that local students, we don't have a kind of film awareness. We don't have film education. We get educated about film by watching stuff online, and they are mostly commercial films or films that come to the cinemas. So we need to have um, a kind of film education. In Singapore, they're doing that. They have the, the Asian Film Archive. They go about uh, to, to schools. Um, they also have like the, the Nanyang Technology, um, the, is it NTU? No, not NTU. Um, there's a polytechnic that, ha- that is famous for producing Singaporean filmmakers who are well-known uh, outside of Singapore as well. You know, so film education has to start young, um, and it has to teach uh, kids not just, you know, to make films and be technically accomplished, but to realize that there are different ways of telling stories visually and to experiment and to realize that they all don't have to follow the same kind of style, you know. So, so the, things that, the thing is that we lack imagination, and we don't have to make a Korean film. We just have to tell our own stories. Um, and we don't. I mean, oftentimes your your film student will tell a, a film story that you know is derivative. You know, it might follow the latest trends and lenses and stuff like that, but it's derivative. 
you know, it's memento, but, you know, made by a Malaysian student, right? So we need to find our own ways to tell our own stories. Yeah. We have about a minute left. What more do you think needs to be done? Um, I think that supporting film education in a much wider way uh, in schools, not just in film schools, is one. The other thing is having um, an independent cinema, which is, you know, which, you know, is is for mature adults. Okay, it's for people who are not going to raise a stink about how um, there's nudity. So if there's nudity and, the, and it says it's rated R, don't go. Right. So it, it shouldn't be censored. Yeah, it should be curated, it should be moderated, but it should not be censored. So this is a way that we can educate people about films, um, about other ways, other types of films, not just commercial films, so that they can explore and they can, you know, they can find their own ways of telling stories. Yeah. Dr. Gate, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. That was Dr. Gek Chengku, Associate Professor at the School of Media, Languages and Cultures at the University of Nottingham, weighing in on what it would take for our film industry to be world-class and really how much of that has to do with audience mindset as well, right? Because we are totally part of the problem. Um, but let us know, this comes from a... A remark uh, that was made by both Datin Sophia Jane as well as Dr. Rosham know that our industry can look to South Korea's creative industry to see ways in which we could grow, what we can emulate. So we'd like to hear from you. Um, what do you think it's going to take for our film industry to be world class? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp or voice note us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.